Welcome to the Director Download, powered by Campus Rec Magazine. It's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. In this episode, host Grady Sheffield, the Director of Campus Recreation at Towson University and the Senior Advisor to the Campus Rec Mastermind Groups, gives you, the listener, real and authentic conversation between himself and special guests. Sylvia Chan and Jay Frayne at the University of Connecticut. Chan and Frayne have been working together at UConn for over 20 years. They've learned to work with one another's strengths and weaknesses, as well as candor and honesty. The working relationship they have reflects the team atmosphere at UConn Recreation as a whole. Chan and Frayne share on how that culture has come about, the shared vision the team works together to form, and why they each have stayed in the field. Plus, the conversation touches on generational differences when it comes to work and how to lead staff in those dissimilarities. Enjoy the honesty, the banter, and more in the conversation that follows. All right. Hey, everybody. Grady Sheffield here from the Director's Download. Thanks for joining us today. I have two really exciting guests. Yes, two. We're going to use two guests today. I have Sylvia Chan who is the Senior Associate Director at the University of Connecticut, UConn, and Jay Frayne, who serves as the Director. Hey guys, what's up? Hi Grady. Jay, are you there? Hey Grady, what's going on? Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolute, no, I am here. I <laughs> you are you, here, all right. I'm actually here. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Um, you're the first multi-guest that we've had on the podcast, so I'm excited to see where this goes. So. Normally what we do or what we have been doing is getting some feedback on our on our guests. So I'd like for you guys to start out by just telling the listeners who you are and about your journey that led you to this, to where you guys are at UConn today. Got it. Ladies first? Sure. Okay. Ladies first. <laughs> Go for it. I, um, I started my journey back in the day. I've been um, working with recreation since I, um, my freshman year in college. Um, in my sophomore years, when I started going to conferences, the nurse conference, and uh, that's how I figure out that, hey, you can do this for a living, you know, participate in recreation. And also there are people who work in recreation full-time as a career. And I'm like, okay, I think that's what I'm going to do. So hang on, hang on. I don't want to out you, but give us a time frame. In the 90s. <laughs> okay, early 90s. Early 90s. That's as okay. specific as she's going to get. That's right. <laughs> so, well, I can tell you, I've been doing this. So if I was, you know, if I, over 30 years, I've been doing this. So it's been a long time, but I figured this out early, like I said from my sophomore year that I think this was going to be a really fun thing. So after I graduated from college, from a bachelor's at Where was Stony that? Brook, at Stony, Stony Brook, Brook, Long Island, okay. um, I got a grad assistantship with Linda Gundrum at Adelphi University. First, I worked with Sue Demanda at Stony Brook, and, and it was really a great uh, learning experience. Went to Adelphi, did my grad assistantship there. Then I met a lot of good people. And then from that, from then on, I did an internship at Princeton, which was really fun. Learned a lot, lived in the gym to save money. I literally lived, lived? inside of the gym. Uh, that was, there was an apartment there and I lived there. Uh, took a shower down in, you know, in the locker room, did my laundry in the, uh, the staff Laundry room with where we wash all the towels. Wait, did anybody know about this? Is this allowed? <laughs> obviously, obviously, that was part. You know, I doubt it. I think I think I think, <laughs> I think you were you, you were know, hiding the in whole there. Contract, you know, doing internship with us. We we can put you here in the gym. So, and I live with a couple coaches. You know, there are coaches there, and then somehow I. Apparently, it was illegal for us to be there, but yeah. we didn't know that. So yeah. once they figure out, um, once the administration figure out that I we lived there, there was no fire exit. That was why it was illegal. Then the last month of my internship, they moved us to the dorms. 
So all the coaches, we all moved to the dorms. But see, I'm Ivy sorry. Um, I see Ivy waiting I, for you. I digress, right? I digress. Wait, I want to know. I want to know about the social life after ever you kicked everybody out of the facility. What was that like? It was. We, no, it was. It was really. You were in fun. the pool. Like we, we had the whole, you know. But you know, like I said, we. I lived with coaches, so we would go into town and hang out in the town and go to the bars there and so on. Yeah. But that was fun. We would see the concerts for free. Like we would walk down and they had a little balcony. So that's where we were going to. Violent Femmes. I watched the Violent See, that's how dated I yeah, am, right? Be careful now. So, uh, be careful. I know. The the, who, are the, who are the Violent Femmes again? Yeah, people yeah, are Googling Violent them Femmes right now. There, spin Doctors, you know, they came. Oh, Spin Doctors. Yes. Yeah, so that's <laughs> a lot of fun. In any case, um, so I went to Princeton, then I got my first job at Old Dominion, and then stayed there for two and a half years, and then left, and then um, Patty Bostick uh, say, hey, I have an opportunity here, come and interview, and I, Legend. yep, I did um, come to an interview, uh, and then I was offered a job, um, assistant to the director, and then that's, I've been here since 26 years. So wow, that's, that's awesome. Started. That's yeah. awesome. So Jay, what about you? <laughs> well, um, you know, I started off, um, I was taking a year off. I graduated from the University of Tennessee and I was taking a year off to kind of evaluate what my future was going to look like. Um, and I was thinking about going to law school and um, <laughs> I had the misfortune of taking a, uh, a week-long adventure trip with Middle Tennessee State University's Outdoor Adventure Program, where wow. I accidentally fell in love with recreation. And um, I had a really, I had a great, um, who would become a mentor to me, who's a, who is a graduate, was a graduate assistant at the time and works at the University of Northern Iowa now, Andy Martin, who um, really took me under his wing during the trip. And, and, and as I asked a lot of questions about how did you get into this? What is, what is this all about? I didn't even know this existed. Like, you know, I, I only came on this trip because a friend of mine was on, invited me who was a student at Middle Tennessee State. So, um, but he was kind enough to kind of tell me all about it. And, and the next thing I know that there went law school, I was applying to graduate school at Middle Tennessee State and I wound up working and eventually being a GA there um, and getting my master's. And um, after that, I wound up working actually for him again at the University of Northern Iowa doing an internship. And uh, along comes this, this uh, opportunity when I'm looking for a full-time uh, position at UConn to be the first professional working in their outdoor um, area. And they lumped on fitness, which I knew nothing about, but I said, when you was know, that? When that was, was that? in, that was in 99. That was in the, or okay. like, I think I saw it at the, you know, posted before NERSA in, in, you know, April or whatever it was of that year. So, so I, Sylvia, I'm, were you there? Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. All oh right. yeah. She, she was there, Grady. Day. She was there for sure. Um, okay. So what, 99, you're outdoor first. Yeah. So, first so I apply, I, outdoor. so I apply for this job. I'm originally from Massachusetts. So that this was like, Oh, okay. I know the area. I'd never been to the Yukon campus before, but I'll take a flyer on this job. And it was a good year and there was a lot of jobs open. I'm interviewing a lot. And so I get the, I get a call from them to come out and I'm like, oh, great. You know, so I'll go check out UConn. So like I come, I, I, I fly in and, and I get driven to campus, which is, you know, in the middle of stores where the joke is stores where there are none, um, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is a big old campus in the middle of this kind of rural fields out in Connecticut. And um, so it just so happens that my, my initial kind of interview um, the person I interviewed was, lo and behold, Sylvia Chan. We had lunch. So we had, so lunch. We had lunch. That was, a, that was nice. I, I got fed a lot at that interview, but I go to, <laughs> I'm in this interview and I'm talking to Sylvia. Now I've been interviewing, I was kind of fortunate. I got to interview quite a bit. So this, so, but I could tell you this interview was a unique experience for me. Um, and I, I learned a lot about Sylvia. And to be honest with you, she was very, she was very authentic to the person and the colleague that I've worked along for 23 years now. Very honest. I was very, very honest. Oh yeah. Here. Brutally. So like this is, the, this was the job interview. You know, you're trying work. to scare him off. No, well, I just wanted him to know what he was getting himself into. See, some okay. would call it, trust me, you would call it scaring someone off. No, Sylvia would call it shy being truthful. She, this, this is the context of the conversation. You know, you're going to work hard here like all the time hard, like you're never going to stop working. All you're going to do is work. 
Is that good for you? Because if it's not, it's probably not going to be the place for you. I'm I like, am I in a job come. interview? I was like, am I being interviewed? Or am I I'm like, literally, this woman is trying to run me out of stores. So anyways, long yeah, and short he of it. Came. He worked. Well, yeah. I, would say, I would say this. Uh, one thing that I really, um, working for Patty Bostic was a great experience. But I would say the one thing that I look back on it, um, she hired really committed people. So the one thing I could tell you right there is Sylvia, yeah, she was authentic as heck. And she was, you know, she gave me the, the riot act. But the truth is, that's who I wound up working with. And, you know, some, sometimes, you, you know, that, the things that are kind of scary about people are also the, people, the things that you actually really admire them for. And, you know, Patty was really good at identifying hardworking people who are really committed to recreation. And Sylvia, in her way, <laughs> albeit a slightly scary to a young professional in his first job, you know, first sequence of job interviews, um, I really thought that it really connected. And we wound up actually, I, I want to be very attracted to the position and wound up coming here. And I never left. So that just shows to go you that that UConn is this weird power of sucking people yeah. together and they stay sometimes. Yeah, well, that is um, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. You guys have 20, what, 23, 24 going on 25 years of working together. Yes. That and is the majority of people here who Patty had hired actually are still here. there. Still here. Sylvia, yeah. we had a, did we have a five, we were five of us, right? In that original group with Patty, right? Young, and, and, Mary Kate. Well, no, no, no. That At the time it was, when I got hired, Nigel and I got hired at the same time. So Nigel Roberts, who worked with us, also another colleague. He's been working with us for the same amount of time as a professional for 23 years. And I think we made up three of the five professional staff that were on the staff at the time in 1999. Now we have 27 staff in our department. So let's talk about that um, in terms of structure. So back in, um, I think it was the fall of 19, you guys opened this big, huge, gorgeous facility, right? That took a lot of time and planning to get there. Tell me about your current structure at UConn um, in terms of the staffing model, it's a little, it, it's not unique in the sense that no one else is doing it, but it's different than what it was when you first started. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. So what's, what's the structure look like? Um, well, we kind of, basically what we have is, is we have a Sydney Costanzo as our executive director of the department. And, and she has a really outward facing external facing role within the university. So what that allows for, and this was by design, and, and she, she wanted this type of structure. And it's been actually really great because it, it, it has helped to support a lot of our careers internally in the department and advance the, it, it, our, our team in general in, in a way that we could leverage our talents in a lot, of, um, a, a lot more ways than we, we had been able to previously prior to the opening of the building. But, um, but Cindy manages a lot of the external issues. She deals with the university administration. She deals a lot with our, with our budgeting issues. She deals with the foundation and fundraising. She deals with, you know, when we have things like we just hosted the Nursa Region One Conference, you know, she leads those types of initiatives. In the meanwhile, my role as director is to handle more of the internal operations. So I oversee the facilities and all the programming units. So right. all of the essential day-to-day -day stuff reports to me. And then what we did is we, as we grew the department, we kind of identified the realities of staffing, what student staffing was going to look like. And that was an opportunity for Sylvia to kind of segue from the position she had had with us previously into leading a new initiative around how we could develop um, a much more substantial human resources operation. So mm -hmm. she sits in an area and she reports directly to Cindy as it relates to, the, to that aspect of our job. But we all coordinate and work together on a lot of mutual outcomes, but we also have our have our areas that we manage fairly independently and autonomously for the department. So I was going to ask, who's the boss of me? Boss and, of, me and, of me and Sylvia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he sits on the other side. It it wouldn't matter side. if I was president of the United States. Sylvia would still be the boss. That's the way. That's the way <laughs> she is. Yeah. There's no way. I will. I he will would say. Would not be flying in Air Force One. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I give Sylvia a compliment? Sylvia, will you take a compliment? Uh, you know, obviously we were in different positions when I started a long time ago and, you know, the circumstances being what they are and, you know, and my career moving to this position. And I will say this, one of the great things that we always have 
and Sylvia and I have always had is we have, uh, I would say, a passionate relationship around our jobs. We have, we have a, we have a, we have a, we have a. She just gave um, the choking sign, everybody. We did. We were really, we're really committed to our, to doing great work, but we're also, we're also good friends and we're also colleagues that trust and value each other. We're very brutally honest with each other. Um, You know, sometimes uncomfortably so around others. Um, But that's something that you have when you have that kind of family bond. So as I kind of moved into different positions, I will say Sylvia really was very, one of the ones who was really supportive of me. And it was never a situation where she had any conflict that she at least showed me that I was in a different position and was given some, uh, some leadership responsibilities that now, you know, we work together well, we always change with that dynamic, but her support and the way she's always supported me has been something I really value and, and, and I appreciate from her. I oh, that's think we awesome. are able to recognize each other's qualities and in all the shortcomings, like we can support each other to make up for those. So I think right. that's what it's really, really right. Important. She's really good at things that I am not good at at all. That's the, <laughs> that everything. Is, exactly. No. <laughs> well, no, no, well, no, but I mean, Grady, you know that you have to build, you know, as you build teams and team dynamics, like Sylvia, I think is one of those people that she brings people together. Yes. She is, she influences a social dynamic and a community dynamic on our team that you cannot replace. Those are right. things that I'm, I'm tend to be much more. I'm a D on the disc scale, heavy D, like into the stratosphere D. No and idea so what you're talking about. I know exactly. So <laughs> I'm focusing on results. I, I want to, you know, let's, what do we got to do? Then let's do it. You know, and sometimes I miss the human connection. Yeah. I, I, I skip right over that to, to right. try to get results. And, and, and Sylvia is the one that kind of keeps us in a, in a grounded and, and keeps us in a good place with that stuff. So we've, we've always balanced each other well. So the, I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna ask what are the benefits of your relationship and the structure that you have, but you just described it perfectly. I think that um, from what I, from the research I've done and what I know, um, Sylvia, so you're, you're the only associate director in the department, is that correct? No, 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 we have you're a associate. lot. I'm the oh, that's right, you have three others. Director. Yeah, you're just because senior. I'm older, wiser. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Right. It's not an age designation. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jay, you, I mean, yes, what you just said, we, we all know that about Syl- Sylvia and we love her for that in terms of uh, the social aspect and what she brings. And we all know she likes to needle you. Right. Not just you, but anybody that she's around. Get a little poke. So I can imagine. Uh, hello. No, Jay. <laughs> yeah. does it better. Right back. OK. OK. Oh, sure. For sure. There's no doubt about that. So given the roles that you guys face in your department, um, senior associate and director, and then you have an executive director, how do you guys go about, or what is your approach to creating a shared vision for your team? Well, you know, we typically, you know, Cindy and I will work closely on, on setting the strategic goals for the department, right? And, and ultimately we serve them in different ways. And, and so I'll give you an, like an example of how we do things. Like, so Sylvia has recently been working on some, um, some revisions to our human resources um, kind of process and procedure. Now, Grady, we all know that we're dealing with a different student workforce today than we were 20 odd right. years ago, and certainly even then, you know, a few years ago before the pandemic, right? So I think there's a lot of learning that's going on with that. But um, you know, but but in the process, you know, Sylvia and, and Cindy and and I have discussed ways that we can support her continuing to grow that unit and develop it. Like so, we we were able to come together and coalesce around the idea that we wanted to get another um, professional position for that. So that required a little give and take. Like I had to give a little in, in my area where we had some open um, positions to say that this had value and that allowed us to move some resources towards Sylvia's area so that Sylvia could hire a, a, a new person to work under her direction to, to, to guide that. The other thing is like, is that Sylvia and I will work a lot in regards to, um, to things that support her unit from a more procedural standpoint, a process-driven standpoint. So, you know, the ideas a lot come from Cindy and I in certain ways, but then they kind of take a direction where Sylvia works with Cindy on one side of it, and then I'll support Sylvia on another side of it to make sure that what she, her vision, what she wants to get to happen 
can actually work in, in our environment, right? Like I'm saying, Sylvia is a big thinker. Areas. She has great, she has great ideas. And I think this is where sometimes I need to come in and be the buzzkill a little bit and say, well, that might not be the easiest thing for us to implement. Could we try this? And, and then we work together to try to get to that sweet spot where we can actually make it happen. Sylvia, Jay mentioned that you guys have 27 professional staff members. How many student employees do you have? 400. 400. That's quite the undertaking. About from an HR standpoint. Yeah. 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 Not um, so far. No one left us this week. <laughs> Thank, know, you. Right? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Sylvia lives and dies with the students. So yeah. For sure. <laughs> Jay, you, since you kind of brought this up in um, today's environment with student employees, but also I think professional employees, it kind of applies to certainly from my experience with younger staff. I'm curious, how do the two of you motivate and inspire your department as a leadership team in today's work environment compared to how you did five to 10 years ago or even in the early 90s or the late 90s when you guys first started? It, it's not easy. I'll, 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 I'll say that we're, we're adapting and we're trying to learn more and I would, <laughs> it's going to date us again, but I would say there's a little bit of a, of a separation sometimes in understanding what motivates um, and how we can support today's young professionals. Um, I think we're working on it. The one thing I always say is we're working on it. We're looking at it and we're trying to develop ways to do it. And I think more effectively that that supports those those employees so they can grow and they enjoy their work experience with us. But it's it is different. And I would to say that we're not we don't struggle with it at some level, I think would certainly not be the truth. I, I think we are. Um, and, you know, and I don't I know Sylvia can speak to what we're dealing with in student workforce, but it's a work in progress. I really feel good about the team that we've we've uh, a lot of, we we had six employees that left us during the pandemic. Um, we were just able to refill all those positions after a long hiring freeze, and I feel like we have a really good team now that we put together. Of uh, and I think what one of the things that we looked at Grady that was probably the simplest is we were looking for who who would fit better in our culture. Mm -hmm. rather than rather than looking so much for like well they look great on paper and you know they've got they've got all they check all the boxes i think as we've tried to learn how to evaluate candidates more we've said do their do they align their values align with our values and we've asked more questions and we try to direct more of the conversation around hiring around how we can find out whether those things align so that they can come in here and feel like this is a place that they can have success in and then we can we can get performance from but I mean, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of work to be done for sure. I think one thing that we did, we have a lot of discussions about the professional staff, right? So we have the leadership team. We are always on each other's ears talking about it. We literally we talk about it all the time about our the the generation that we're working with, be that student staff, be that professional staff. I was just up looking for a book. Um, Jay actually read this book and he gave to all of us and we read it together and we discussed it together. Um, the book was um, Everyone Gets a Trophy. Um, so we literally, I, did, have you read Grady? Did you? No, but I'm laughing at the title. Oh, absolutely. Trust me. We it... talked about, we, we mentioned this, everybody gets a medal, everybody gets a trophy. And, you know, um, so we discussed that book and um, we met and talked about like how we could incorporate. First of all, we met and uh, we talked about to see if we agreed we were discussing the book, right? Mm -hmm. And then we saw that like, hey, how can we apply that to our teams? Because no matter what, it's all about um, everything that we learn, everything we discuss and read and like, hey, how can we bring it back to work, to our work environment to and apply help it. our help our own students, right? Help our, right. our own professionals to be better managers to the student staff because everything is trickled down, right? Um, so, and I think that really made an impact on all of us to say, hey, this is for real. Um, the situation, we need to address it and we need to see what it is that we can do as a team to better support our junior staff who then will, uh, support our student staff, right? So right. everything from mental health issues to um, 
issues dealing with coming back to the workplace, to school due to the pandemic and so on. So I think that was really important that we all made the commitment to think about this, to see how we can better support each other. So that's the type of, that's the type of team that we work with, right? Yeah. We wanna support our junior staff uh, because we want them to stay so we can grow the department and better support our own student staff. Right. But that book, it's not that the book itself, but like the message, it was all what we've been reading about, right? Like we need to coach our, uh, our professional, our younger professional. We need to coach our younger students because a lot of it is like, um, and, and Grady, you're not very far off from, my generation too, but uh, uh, it's just like a couple well, years. Don't lump him in with us. I just turned forty six, so I'm there with you. I hear okay. You. But I hey, you're closer what, than I thought. Greg. <laughs> I think what it is is that like we came up knowing that we needed to be resilient, right, and that we need yes. to pay our dues, and then we can enjoy the status that we are yes. at right now, right? Yes. But we also have observed lately that. You know, in general speaking, some folks come up and they already want to enjoy the fruits of our hard work that, you know, that we pay our dues, but they want to be in the same level as we are. And uh, so we need to better inform everybody to say, hey, it's not that we are better than you, but we have paved the way for the place to be like it is now, right? So we are working in this beautiful environment, but for 20 years, we lived in the dumpster and the dumpster was new, by the way. <laughs> or the by gym, the we lived in the gym. Yes, and I live in the gym, right? So- It wasn't exactly a dumpster. But, yeah, you know it I mean? wasn't. Well, I think- <laughs> I, I, I It was really nice. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I, I think about it, um, this way, right? When you talked about interviewing Jay and you told him he's going to work, like you're going to work your butt off in order to, if you want to be here. And I go back to my experience sometimes when I talk to staff, especially with graduate assistants. When I was a GA coming out of college in 99, I went to Southern Miss. As a GA, I was working like 60 hours a week. It was a full-time job. But our GA here at Towson, our GAs, like they're cut off at 20 hours. 20 and hours. When they, Yes. Right. And when they hit that 20 hour mark, they're like, I'm out. I'm out. And I think anyway. what I'm hearing you say for us, it's like, well, wait a minute. No, you may not get, be getting paid anymore, <laughs> but you're still here doing work that needs to be done. And that's not the reality. So no, that's, and that, that's I mean, that's why when, I, when Sylvia had that conversation with me, I, I wasn't exactly all that bugged by it because I'm like, yeah, well, that's what I've been doing anyway. So, right. I mean, you know, so you're only confirming what I, I believe was going to happen in it. And, but, you know, I mean, let's be honest, when we started, we were basically still, <laughs> we had, seemed like we almost had AOL online and dial up yes. internet. I mean, yes. it, the times have changed, right. And, and obviously the workforce changes with it. And, and I think that, you know, that the pandemic really sped some sped some things up in a, in in not a great way. And Sylvia mentions thinking about resilient, like we, we like I didn't know I was resilient. I had right. no concept you that you it. know in my twenties that I was resilient. I just did it exactly. Right. We didn't have you know the the mentality was you work you 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 would grind you get confronted with problems you work to solve them um, and you keep working at them until they get solved. And I think today what we're finding is we really need to create a better pathway. Um, it's where jobs are much more, I, I think Sylvia hit out to coaching, right? We're, we're spending more time on thinking on ourselves in, in relationship to being a coach of a team rather than a supervisor of yeah. personnel, um, because we realize there is a lot of skill development that still is required in the young workforce. And I think in a lot of support that 25 years ago was not, was not something that was even available to you as a young professional we learned in recreation. Job. You yeah. did it or you didn't do it and you, you know, you sank or swam and that was pretty much it, which is not, let's not go back and say that was, it was gets results. And I guess it weeds out some folks, but at the end of the day, you know, probably wasn't always the best situation, but right. it was what we had and we made the best of it. And today, you know, we're on the other side of that, which is 
if we can't provide a good in, you know, onboarding experience, if we can't get someone into a, a job probably in the first six months to a year where they're feeling like they're productive and they're valued, they're already looking elsewhere, which is not good for our business in general. So we have to confront those issues and work in them. Otherwise, right. we're going to always have turnover, which is never good for your department or, or, and for your students that you serve. No, and, and when I, I mentioned about like the coaching aspect and the talking to our junior staff too, is at the end of the day, us here, you know, who have been here, we want everybody to thrive, right? That's like a, a nice buzzword, but it's true. We want everybody to succeed. We don't want folks to struggle because if they're struggling, then we are struggling. So right. it's all about like, we need to communicate. We need to always but be talking to all of our staff to see, to do a check-in, to see where they are at, to uh, remove obstacles, right? Because mm -hmm. like I said, we want everyone to succeed. And that's what Cindy does for us. That's what Jay does for us, you know, and that's what we need to do to the folks who we supervise. And that's why we are always talking because we need to figure out where the obstacle are and see how we can solve them so folks can um, do better. This episode is brought to you by Campus Rec Mastermind Groups. These groups are created as a space for executive directors and directors to present questions and challenges you are faced with in your position so you can leverage the power of your peers to help you succeed. It's a leadership accountability group that provides immediate professional development based on your specific challenges as a leader. Interested in learning more? Email Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. And listening to what you guys are saying, it makes me think about, um, you know, when I brought up 60 hours a week as a GA, it, it's not that we were, um, it, it might not have always been 60 hours, right? But Close. the passion to be there and to be a part of it was, you know, when, even if someone told you, like, you should go home, like, no, I want to stay. I want to stay because I love what I'm doing and I'm a hundred percent bought into it. And I think that's still there, but like you said, Jay, it's just different now, especially coming out of the pandemic, right? Our own well-being and mental health kind of relates to the article that came out for those who have stayed, you know, you're rewarded. You do a good job, you're rewarded with more work and people are in tune to like, no, that's not, that's not how it should be. Am I right on that? Or yeah, you yeah. Agree with that? It, it, but you know, it, it's it's funny you mention that because I think that's all on your perspective, though, right? Like, a, you, Grady, what you just what you just said to me is is like we, we talk a lot about belonging now, right? And connection mm -hmm. and in campus recreation. In fact, that's like that's our theme for our year that we're we're supporting with our campus communities. This is a you know the recreation center is a place that creates connection, but. My sense of belonging, again, not knowing it, not calling it that, not putting words to it, came from my recreation department. That was my right. community, right? So buying into the work that we did, right, and the collective value of it was, was a huge part of my successful academic experience and growing into a profession, right? So, so I think a lot of this stuff is separating work and the people that I work with from like saying that they're separate from my life and that my commitment to them sometimes is like just a check to me doesn't ring true. I don't feel that way about the people I work with. They are there. Many of them are like family. And that, I know that's not everyone's experience, but that's the one I have here. And I have a tremendous level of commitment to their success and our collective success that fills me. I spend a lot of time in this job and it matters to me um, that, that the people here are feel like they're supported by me professionally and personally in many ways. And, and that actually is a big part of my sense of connection to space. And I would, I would say without this group, without the group of people that I work with, my experience in the pandemic would have been much different yeah. because I had a lot of support from this professional team and we were a great community. So, and we couldn't wait to get back, Grady. We, our staff was one, like we, we were yeah. so disappointed when we closed and but they when they told us we were going to reopen in August, we were already we were like coming. We all started like leaking into the office early. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were you know we were we, because because our desire to do well as a team and and our connection together is so strong, 
that it fed the desire to get back here and really start to push, you know, our work back to our community. And so it's, it's, it's interesting how we look at work and, and generationally again, but to me, my experience, I wouldn't trade my experience um, and the way I feel about my work in this team for, uh, for to have a more, you know, to have that kind of more distant relationship that I think sometimes we, we see today with folks in their workplace. Yeah. You know, the, the getting back, I think is something that almost every department probably felt and we talked about it internally on our team and it came back to the fact that it was against everything that we do in campus rec to close those doors right when we're our purpose is to bring people together uh, from an engagement standpoint or a sense of belonging right you guys have talked about that and to close the doors was just counter to that whole that whole theme for everybody in campus recreation yeah, it, it, very it, it actually it hurt. It hurt to yeah. do that. And I know that I know that we all were. I mean, there wasn't when we when we got the opportunity to come back, there was no resistance from our team at all to come back. Yeah. I mean, like like I think everyone, even with the the fear and some of the trepidation that existed, obviously with the unknown with the pandemic, it was everyone's desire to come in and do exactly what you said, Grady, was was superseded it. It was yeah. like, we would rather be back and see how this goes because we know what we're doing matters to people that let's just go back. Let's, let's get, let's get back on boots on the ground okay. and see how this all goes, <laughs> you yeah. know? And that has not been, not been the collective campus experience yeah. here for sure. And still isn't to this day. Um, so I, I, but so I really, I really think highly of our team and that level of commitment to our students. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's exemplary in truth. Sylvia, I have a follow-up for you um, related to culture. Can you, you've talked about it, but I want to know if you, how do you describe your, your culture on your team at UConn? In a few so, words or a sentence. Right. The <laughs> a few sentences. Ah! <laughs> um, so it's all about we belonging, right? Um, the family, right? So I think we always talk and we talk to our students too about being a family, right? Because we want to make sure that we can always support each other, right? We have a mission to provide uh, an environment in which people can thrive physically and, you know, socially, therefore, mentally, mentally, socially, and so on. So, so the culture that we talked about, and we always you know, through our modules, we try to instill in the students that this is the place to be. Um, and everyone is a vehicle, right, to get to where we need to be, right, which is successful and thriving and so on. So um, that's where I think that the culture is like, hey, we are uh, as much as we can, we want to be a family. And when I say families, it's a place where we can be supported, right? Positively. So we want to be better about us, um, the folks, all of our, our staff, or most of it, like I would think 95% of our staff works out, like they work out here together, right? So from the business team to obviously the fitness team to the folks up here in the leadership, like everyone works out right because we want to be um healthy and healthy minds of a healthy mind obviously so so yeah. i think that's and, and what, grady our what? model you know you, you might go back to patty bosick but we you know our where the student body develops is our motto right and i always thought that was a, a clever you know way to, right. to talk about it and, and it because it because it it's, it moves, right? You can, like you can take that, you can take that motto and you can bring it into so many different spaces. Right. And, and it can, and it can be true. And, you know, I, so I, I think what Sylvia's hitting on is that that's the kind of place that we imagine and we work towards, right. We want to be that place where, because what do you want to develop? You want to develop your skills in the workforce by through an employment experience. We've got that for you. Do you want to develop your mental you know, your mental health by being, having a finding a way to de-stress and socialize. We've got that, right? So we've got a lot of different spaces where you can develop yourself as an individual. And I think that's fantastic. And, you know, and I think that's what we're all about. And, and as a, you know, as a professional culture, 
I think, you know, I think we're very authentic, Grady. I, I, I don't, I, I don't find, I find we're, we're probably more direct with each other than a lot of people and colleagues that I see. I think that we value honesty and, and we, and we value clarity in the way we work together. Um, it's not always pretty. Um, it's not necessarily for everyone. And I think sometimes that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's difficult to when, when folks are real, um, you know, with each other, sometimes that can be hard, but I also think it drives people. I think it helps them to, um, to learn to trust one another. Um, when they, when they realize people are honest and they, and they'll talk about things openly and bring things out that, because the, the truth is it's only, we only talk about those things because we want the best for each other. We, we want everyone to grow. We want everyone to improve. We want everyone to be successful. Um, you know, so I think when I, when I think about us, I, I often think about that. I think about the fact that I, that there's a lot of trust built up, um, from the way we communicate with each other. And, and that's something that I think is really, is part of our culture. But Grady, I think part of it too, when I was talking about that, you know, everyone works out together, but that's what I mean. We work out together, we do activities together, right? And that's to build that, can build that trust, right? Yeah. So they have pickleball tournaments amongst the staff. Like they yeah. would be playing, right? Especially during the summer when we are a little bit less busy, folks would be playing for like two hours, like together. Uh, we go out, um, you know, sometimes we go in happy hour. Whenever there is an occasion for us to celebrate, we celebrate, right? Mm -hmm. And then if there's no occasion to celebrate, we create still a celebration. <laughs> It doesn't if we really, don't know how to play, who knows how to play, right? We, That's like, right. Like we just make, hey, let's get together and we go out. Like, and and that's when you asked about like how it was back in the day when we were a smaller staff, we used to go out all the time, right? Because we were a small staff, a lot of folks, we were single, you know, people didn't have families yet. Um, so we were going out all the time. So now, you know, 20 years later, we're trying to do that again because we have seen, you know, the family fracturing a little bit. And that's why, like, a lot of folks left and were like, hey, how come the people are leaving and so on? So I think we are trying to, like, create that family environment again, right? So yeah. we do go out again and ask people, bring your significant other, bring your family together. So we'll go to restaurants that are uh, inviting to kids, to, you know, family, yep. friends. Um, we'll go to the movies, you know, we, we try to do things together as much as we can to, so we can build the connections, we'll build that trust, because we are always communicating. So I think that's so important. I, I really do believe that we all think that is very important. So yeah. we know each other's family, um, obviously the Christmas party, that celebration, that's great. But then we make and Grady knows where you are in the disc scale now too, Sylvia. Based on this last comment. <laughs> hey, in the disc, I'm so, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. My our, our our person said, You are everywhere. And I believe that. She believes in me. I, I have you know characteristics yeah. in all the four quadrants. Yeah, in any I case. See that. Yes, uh, and, and for it, sure like, you do. We we do <laughs> he doesn't believe me, but uh, we we do try to create that wholesome environment, right? Even though, you know, folks will like, home hop, you know, home bag us, but they will yeah. come still. And then, yeah. you know, that's okay. It's okay for everybody to be themselves, right? Obviously. That's because they have FOMO. They don't want to miss anything. <laughs> right, so they, yeah. they'll come. And that's the thing though, like we need to create, uh, you know, th those environments in which we're all together because our jobs itself, we are so busy. We, you know, from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., you know, intramurals are going, outdoors have trips in the weekends. So the times that we can be together as a team, we need to gravitate to those and create those because we need to communicate. We need to see each other. We need to get to know each other. And that's how we create our bond, our connectivity. Um, yep. So it's very, very important. So I asked for two sentences and you gave me 10 minutes, but it was worth it. <laughs> You know what? I missed that 10 minutes. That, yeah. that two minutes said. I went right over it. Yes, you did. You, you, but that's you okay. see how my, my days go right there. Yes. yes. Kind of, so I'm going to follow up on, um, on what you've said. 
you guys have been in the field for a long time. You're veterans of the field. You've created a culture um, that I think is inspiring for others, but it's a place that people want to be. That's what I, my takeaway from what you had to say, Sylvia. So my question to you two, based on what we've already talked about with motivating, inspiring, the differences between the way it was, the way it is, every of the challenges that you guys face, why have you both chosen to stay in the field and at UConn? Yeah, that, boy, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I think what we do matters. I mean, I think that's why I've stayed in the profession. I really do. My, my level of commitment and my belief that from being derailed on my future law career into recreation, I still, I think, he is a lawyer. I still think it was a good, the right choice. Um, you know, I, I, I think that although sometimes underappreciated, for sure, that we really do provide space in people's lives for growth and development, a little bit of joy, a little bit of fun, um, the opportunity to develop, you know, social bonds, things that matter to people in ways that they don't even understand that they matter, right? That, that, that help people and, you know, to just be successful in life. And I, I, I think one of the struggles, you know, Grady, you and I have talked about this, the struggles we have is like sending that message, getting people to buy into that message, because it's a subtle thing that we do here. Like you, people, you know, are gravitate towards it, but sometimes it's hard for other people to understand why it has such power. You know, we're, you know, we're not bringing in the big research dollars to figure out why recreation is impacting people's lives. But the truth is we know it, we live it, we feel it. So that's why, that's why I'm still in the profession. And I, you know, but why I'm here at UConn, it's because of the people. It's because of the people. I mean, the people that I work with, people like Sylvia, I mean, when I've, I've had chances to, <laughs> no, but she laughs, she, she right. laughs. And, and, and trust me, there's been times when she made, well, maybe the reason why I thought about leaving, but, but, <laughs> but, uh, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, it's a powerful thing when you have a group of people committed to the same thing that are willing to work at it and, and can, and can, and can do the things that we have done together and still be friends, right? And say the things that sometimes we've said. The he laughed. I've been together. thrown out of both a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Bye. But 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 I mean that the, the people. It's the, it's <laughs> you know it, it really is. It, and so when, when I think about that, that's a powerful thing for me. A powerful motivator. And this team has been a, has been a great blessing to my to my life, our professional life in every other way. So I'm I'm happy to be at UConn for that reason, regardless of the fact that we we opened this brand new beautiful building. And that was, you know, I was here a lot, a long time before we started construction on this building. Right. And 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 I imagine I might still be here, um, you know, given that we wouldn't have it. But but mm -hmm. the truth is it's been it's been about the people and about the job itself. I still think that both things have great rewards in my life. Sylvia, anything? Yeah, from your I, I, I was here when we opened the old building. I was here when we opened the new building. Um, so obviously, you know, being here for a long time, we, we have cycled through a lot of friends, a lot of folks in the staff. But, you know, our mission is still the same, right? We, we matter. It's a matter of, a matter, matter. We matter to people. We matter to our staff. We matter to our colleagues. I, I have sacrificed a lot, I think, to be here. And I still believe it's the, it has been the right choice. When folks, when our student staff invites you to their wedding, you know, they keep in touch. They tell us about their children. You know that you have made an uh, impact in their lives, right? When they come back and visit, we love when the, our alumni come back and visit. Um, we embrace them. They tell us how much even our, you know, our stern, you know, evaluations matter to them they listen you know now they are thriving in their jobs so they may not have liked it when they heard it but you know in the long run it made an impression in them right so I would tell folks 
you know, people would cry and, and, you know, all our staff makes fun of me because some folks in their evaluation would cry and they would leave crying, right? But they, <laughs> they didn't quit, but they didn't quit, you know, they would cry and understand that. They, I left we, crying we from my job interview. Telling, what yeah. I was telling them was to, to their benefit, right? It's because I care enough that I was being truthful um, with them. So, and they didn't quit, you know, they were upset because they were disappointing me in, in their eyes. That's what they told me. Right. So that's the impact that we're making. And that's why I think I have stayed through this long. Right. And obviously, like Jay said, the people that we have worked with, you know, I, I with Jay over 25 years, Nigel, Bavin, uh, Mike, we all been here a long, long time, like close, they have been here close to 20 years too. So like we are, we have been together and Cindy, we embraced Cindy, she embraced us, we kid around, we, we're really a great team together, you know, we brought Darren back. So it sounds it, like you're more than a team, it's, it's family. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're a family. Grady, you know, we, I had surgery, everybody came, everybody, you know, tried to bring me food. Um, it was amazing, right? So I was out, I came back. <laughs> Doctor said, stay out for eight weeks, two and a half weeks, I was back. Like, because I missed this, right? Like, you cannot keep me home because I missed the family. Uh, um, and, you know, obviously, I love my real family. Yeah. But this, our work family is very important. Well, we, we so built, ahead, we built something Sorry. here. No, I'm just going to say we built something here. You know I mean? And, and I always look at the building and I think that was like a culmination to like, you know, Sylvia, I think you describe it was like the dungeon or whatever you call our old building. But it's like we, we, this building is a culmination of a lot of years of hard work from a lot of different people. Right. It was I remember 99 Patty Bosick told me we were going to build a new building. Right. <laughs> And, and she retired in 2013 and the building still wasn't built, right? But we were still here. A lot of the team that she had brought on at that point was still here. We were still grinding. We were, we were servicing, you know, a lot of students and, and still enjoying the work. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden the building project came up. Cindy came on board. We were able to get that going. And now today I come to work and I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, this is where our dreams, this is, this was the space that we, we dreamed about, but it, 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 it's not that it's the space. It's like, I just remember those, the memories of those times yeah. when we were struggling in a building that was way too small and didn't work and nothing worked and, you know, and, and all those Lots things, but, then, but all the great things we did in that building led to <laughs> this. And so in some ways it, it's like, I think about that as a, as just, as a physical reflection of a lot of commitment that the staff made um, to to be present and to keep to keep grinding for a future here for recreation at UConn, and I think we're 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 in that space, and so now we want to caretake it. We want to make sure that it, it has a good life beyond us too, whatever our professional careers are from this point yeah. forward. So you both have touched on something that um, resonates with me <clears throat> about what you have at UConn, and it's it's the relationships, right? It's the relationships you have with the two of you and everybody else with your team. And um, it, it reminds me of, there's a book called Fierce Conversations, which I'm a big fan of by Susan Scott. Um, Jay, I think you've heard me talk about it, but in it, she states that the relationship is the conversation. And I bring that up because Jay, earlier you said that the dynamics of your work environment, you guys communicate in a way that you don't see in other departments on your campus or wherever, and you're able to be direct, you're able to be honest, you're able to be real with each other is my takeaway. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's because of the relationships. Yeah. The passion, the relationships that you guys have is probably a big factor in why you're able to do that and be successful. So good job yeah. to you as senior leaders or the leaders of your department for doing that. I want to wrap this up. This has been awesome. I wish we could keep talking. We, I can't believe we've almost been talking for an hour, but I want to end this for the listeners by asking you, what advice do you have for leadership teams who may be trying to build what you have, who are just starting to come together, right? They may be a young department or they may be a department that's been around, but they've got new people. What advice do you have for the leadership team 
to get to where you are or to to have to have the relationships and have the culture that you have i, I for me it's about i you know we talk a lot about the fact that we, we you know ex- expect goodwill from people and and i think that that allows us to have a, a level of discourse and conversation and create the culture that matters to all of us is that we we can say things and we can disagree and sometimes very passionately about things. Um, and, and we can fall back and say, well, that was because we're, we're 25 years out in into professional relationships. You guys know each other so well. That's why, well, that's part of it. But we were like this in, 19, in 2000 and 1999 too. It's the way we are as people. I think that we're, we, we, it, we give each other, we accept our faults in each other. We, we try to help each other to, to grow in positive ways and, and, and realize that all the time we have the best of intentions, although sometimes they may not appear that way all the time, or they might be difficult to understand that everybody wants to do the right thing. And I think that's one thing that, that is not always present today. Sometimes we're overly guarded. Sometimes we assume that people are coming to things with agendas or that they're, you know, that maybe they don't have the best interests of, of the individuals or you or the, the participants at heart. We have never had that be a question with anything we do. So I think the idea is you got to do that first. So as a leader, you have to assume that 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 those things about people and 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 you've got to give them um, the same from you to, to be able to move forward. So I, I think I think that's really something that I would look for is how you build a culture is about how you approach your conversation with people is assume that they're wanting to do a good job and assume that there's a level of trust in what you can say that they can handle it that can move you forward in a positive direction i think it um it helps if you care for the people you work with i think that is a very important because you gotta have you have to come out um, genuinely, right? So people have to believe that you do care for them. And once you do that, it opens up everybody's like mind to like, okay, I'm open to what you have to say to me. Even if you are, you know, um, criticizing me in a way um, that it, it's going to take me somewhere that I'm uncomfortable. Um, if I see that you care about me, Personally and professionally, I am more open to believe what you're telling me. So it's very important to be um, authentic, like we have said that before, right? So you got to be authentic, but you have to care. And I truly believe that the occasions that we make to get together, to be all in a room, it's very important. You need to create those um, social environment, you know, social occasions. And I, you know, folks laugh at, at this, but it it really is important because you got to make those connections. So if you invite them to work out with you and you have a group workout with your team, like you build that, you 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 build time together. You you start to like care for someone a lot more when you spend time with them. So it, it cannot, I truly believe in, I, I, I could be the only one, but I truly believe that <laughs> the more time that you spend with somebody, you build that trust, right? So even though we are in a work environment, it cannot be just transactional. Like when you say you want to build a culture, you, it can be transactional. I punch in at nine o'clock, I punch out at five o'clock, I did my job, I'm out of here. You know, it cannot be. If you want to build a culture, you have to demonstrate that you care for the folks who you work with, right? So they don't work for you. They work with you. We are all in this together. If they fail, you fail. There's no way that you can't solely blame on them when you oversee them, right? So like you have to build that trust. Like what Jay said, you know, you have to communicate you, you have to build that connection, right? And that won't happen if you stay in your office by yourself and they stay in their office by themselves <laughs> and they go out and, you know, they supervise their students and they never hear from you. They never get the feedback from you. Like you got to go out and observe. You got to see what's going on there. 
Um, and that's how you, I, I believe you build that culture. And that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, and it's tough now that we are 28, like we like, we awkwardly walking because we have so many people now, right? Yeah. And before there's five of us. So that's my takeaway from being here for so long. I think that is great advice, Sylvia. In fact, I'm ready to apply for a position at UConn as soon as it comes open. <laughs> we need, if you'll we need more, we need more D's on our team. More D's, yeah. You're, you're, you're <laughs> no, we got a lot of D's. <laughs> I'm a D. Well, listen, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. Um, I value the two of you um, as peers in the field, but I also value the relationship and the friendship that we've been able to develop over the, over the last few years, especially. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And I'm excited to, to see how your culture continues to grow and the impact that you have, not just at UConn, but across um, our profession as well. So thank you very much for being here and we'll do it again sometime soon, hopefully. Sure, thanks for having us. Thank, yeah, thanks for having us, but yeah, appreciate it. Great talking to you. All right, you guys take care.